Let's welcome parenting commentator Joseph Dreesen. Today we are talking about 12 essential skills to parents for parents to help their children do well in exams. Uh, parenting coach Joseph Dreesen, good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning, Catherine. Nice so talking getting, with you. Yes, great. It's getting to that time of year. And who do you have in your mind when you are discussing this preparation? Well, I... Uh, uh, children, uh, students in senior schools, year 11, year 12, year 13, uh, they tend to sit external exams. And, uh, and, and, and for some of them, uh, for some of them, this is easy. They know how to do that and know how to revise and prepare for exams. But for others, they don't. Uh, they're not confident or they never really learned how to do it. And because it's quite different. Uh, than going to school and just absorbing knowledge and skills on a day-to-day basis. And uh, the lack of skills in some children uh, causes anxiety. They don't know what to start and they stop and they therefore procrastinate. And then the tension and the anxiety gets larger and larger and they procrastinate more. And the whole thing actually is not working. And, and really for those children, for those students, uh, the parents can see that they they might the child might going away they're doing this they're doing that but they're not sitting down and the children really need the leadership from their parents the parents need to sit down with them and say well let's do this together let's let's help you and it's amazing how much uh, a successful parent uh, who provides just that leadership nudge can actually get the child to start and then how much a parent actually is essential to maintain the structure and the support. And so I'm really aiming at those students. And as a teacher of 30 years before I started doing my consultancy, and my colleagues would agree with me that we would sometimes shake our heads and think, if you could just start and do some work at home and don't leave it till the last minute, you would have done so much better. And so that's my target practice and my target audience. And look, it's and, it's something everybody experiences to some extent, that procrastination. The brain likes to protect its energy <laughs> and will come yeah, up with no. all sorts of ways. So it's about having yes. a skill set. Yeah, absolutely. And so the skills that actually, there are quite a few skills which some parents might be really interested. So I've just got 12 little skills. And the first one is actually to sit down with the child and just say, let's just sit down together to see how we can help each other and as a family, how we can support you. And and then and ask them the first question, how do you feel about your exam? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel good? Do you feel bad about it? And And they might give you a nondescript answer, so or whatever. And then asking this very interesting question, you say, well, what mark do you think you could actually get? What's your best mark? If you could if you could get the best mark possible from working really hard, what do you think you're able to get? And remember, it used to be, you know, A, B, C, D, E, and now it's it's excellence, it's uh, merit and achieve, but they're just the same grades so or it's numbers. And they might say, oh, you know, I'm not quite sure. And you say, well, let's go through your subjects. What do you think you get for for accounting? Will you get a, I'll just use ABC. Will you get a B or will you get a merit? Or will you, no, just an achieve, I reckon. And what about English? No, I, I could get merit for that. And so that just surfaces their perceptions. And one 
uh, it's surprising how accurate children actually are in their assessment of where they're at because they've been sitting working for three, you know, for all year and they realize that some of their neighbors find it easy to get really great marks. Other neighbors are really struggling and they might just say, well, I can manage to do it. So they're quite accurate often. And then the neck, but the very fact that you're interested and that a parent is sitting down talking, kind of say, well, tell us, what do you think you could get? And that gets that feeling out in the open and that gets a sort of a resolution of what they're going to do. And then the next question you should ask as a parent is, well, how much time do you think it will take? And that's a very simple question, but actually, you know, if there's five subjects and there's five textbooks, that might be quite a lot. So... How much time do you think you need, say, let's pretend a person is uh, doing an English exam or as an external in, a, in accounting for, for an achievement standard, how much time do you need to spend? And, and let's work that through, you know, let's have a look at your book and let's pretend, let's pretend they've got a textbook and there's 12 chapters. You say, well, do you need to know all the 12 chapters? No, I only need to know five chapters for this thing. So, okay, how long will that take? And so gradually there emerges in the child an understanding, well, what should I, I need quite a bit of time. And, and so what you need to do then, you need to work out, well, maybe, you know, you do half an hour for homework normally, but maybe you should actually do an hour or an hour and a half and do half an hour for homework and then an hour for revision. And, and how, how would that sound to you? And they might say, well, that's quite a lot. Well, if you split it in two, that's easy half an hour before dinner, half an hour after dinner, half an hour before you go to bed or half an hour early in the morning. There's, there's quite a lot of flexibility. Cut it in small bits and then talk this through. Talk this through, just relax and talk it through and say, well, let's let's see if we can make a plan or how to do that. And so some, some kids are really great. They just write a little master plan of when they're going to do it and when they're going to start. And the key is to get them to start early. The earlier you start, the easier it is, the more relaxed you are, because you know you've got plenty of time. Now, there might be some obstacles in, in the whole deal. Um, you might say, is there anything what you're worried about? And also, well, you know, I was away, I was on sport, and I didn't take my notes. And so how can we solve that, you know? And so you might say, is it possible, will I buy a revision book? Or is it possible that... Your friends might have a good set of notes if they have that. Can they send you that or can you copy it or can they photocopy it? You can pay for that. You might think that's amazing. Why would you want to do that? But if your friend has a good set of notes and you don't and you offer them, do you mind if I photocopy it and I'll pay for that? It's a service you give me. It's a favor you do me. There's nothing unreasonable about that. But the key is you can't revise unless you have your data in front of you unless you have a set of notes or a good textbook or a good revision book. And for some students, that is actually just a, it's, it's, it's fermenting inside their brains that I, I, I don't know how to solve that. So sit down together and see if you can solve that. Then you write this plan and, and then you say, well, let's agree that we help you do that. And that's a very big step in this discussion that the parent actually signals to the child we're on your side and let's do this together because remember remember that 
the executive skills of persistence and, and and not procrastinating and starting and persevering well they might not be that well developed in your child and they might be better developed in you so the best parents actually just provide a structure and nudge their child or sometimes insist that their child do their work. And so I would say, let's make an agreement that we do this and do the X, Y, Z. And sometimes you can write it down, shall we write it down or just say just a gentleman's agreement, let's shake hands on it. But you're signaling to your child that you are on their side and you are going to help them. And then the key is that parents should not underestimate how how the fundamental concept of attachment and is, is actually that the parent is just there psychologically and the child feels secure in that warm support and nurturing and therefore they will want to learn that is the whole fundamental thing of attachment is that the security the emotional security of the of the child feeling the parent is there to help me sets them going on the learning journey so for some children you could say keep your door open in your room and i'll come and visit you say every quarter of an hour see how you're getting on that is when you are working i am actually also sort of being you not not a supervisor but a sort of a person who's there for you i am actually here for it and so the child feels that warmth and that support and the accountability Sometimes it pays you to say, would it be better if we both sat at the table and I just do my, I, I do a little bit of work. I won't read the paper or read, read my phone. I just, I'm here for you and uh, ask you some questions if you need to or help you. It is that presence and that presence of the, of the parent is both uh, a support and a sense of accountability. So that's what I would do. And then I would just get, Carry on doing that. And, and as a parent, you're not trying to teach. You're not trying to try and get them into, uh, you know, an 80% pass rate when, the, when your child feels I can only just barely scrape through with an achieve or a 50% pass rate. You're not get anxious. You're not trying to correct. You're just saying, well, how are you getting on? Going to do something for you. And, and you can, in fact, do, for example, you might know nothing about accounting. But they were doing a, uh, a uh, they're doing a chapter, and uh, and you can just say, okay, you've got these headings. So, um, do you feel you'd know this now? Yeah, I think I do. And so, so would you like me to try and revise? So, tell me what's a balance sheet, you know? And he says what a balance, or she says what a balance sheet is, and you read the paragraph. You haven't got a clue what it means, but it sounds vaguely correct. What you're just doing is is specific support, and also you're coaching your child to recall is the most important way to consolidate memory. And so it is reading something and then recalling it, reading and recalling it. And that requires quite a lot of effort and, and a parent can be massively helpful by just asking those questions and sitting down with them. Once you do that, that cycle that just needs to be maintained and your child will go off task and forget to do it, but you've got to be more mature, um, caring, 
uh, kind and yet insistent. We agreed that after dinner, you're going to do that. And the household in some ways needs to rearrange itself. Your child needs to rearrange its its thing. It, they, might, they might drop a few things. They might stop doing this, stop doing that. For goodness sake, make sure your phones are away. They're in a box and they sit down. Their, their study is tidy. Their desk is tidy. Their books are ready. And they just, you need to keep on nudging them to get into that habit. Eventually, the child becomes totally self-sufficient. But I'm, I'm my target audience here is the parents who are concerned about the children who are not uh, self-sufficient and who need that nudging. And then keep it short sometimes. Remember some kids, after 20 minutes, they get uh, they get cabin fever. They just need to, need to get moving. And uh, you just give them a break. You just say, well, just have a break. Five minutes, 10 minutes. Don't make it too long, and we'll get back to it. And so small breaks, short sections, support, um, uh, accountability, that will be so incredibly important. And then once you start doing that, you know, um, you, you get to realize what you have to do. And that is what you need to do uh, in, in, in swatting. It's actually it's not that hard. You just take one topic, one little paragraph, and, and often it's recall and practice. And so many things only become consciously, conceptually grasped by a, a learner by practicing. And so many, uh, say, accounting or chemistry or science or the treaty writing or the or Tereo vocab, you just practice it. And so what you've got to do is you would say with Tereo vocab, you have a little bit of paper and you put it on those list of word verbs or words or whatever. And then you, you, you do one and then you put the paper on top of it and then you recall it and another one and then you do three and then you do six and you go over it and you repeat, revise, repeat, recall. Those little tricks, they, that, that's, that's just, that's hard work, but it's good, it's fun because as the child is doing it, they feel great. But you need to show that, how to do that if they don't know how to do that. And you need to help them. And so uh, for, for things like uh, sciences and the maths, where you have to do quite complex calculations, they're worked examples. And you, you just open and say, well, let's, let, that's what we're doing today. You're doing the word example, say some trigonometry stuff to do. And so let's do this one. It's shown in the book. Can you do it with the book open? And then you shut the book and say, can you do it from memory? No, well, open your book again. What? What step couldn't you do? So it's very specific and, and you can't teach them, but you are showing them that it's just specific skills of, of, of working, looking at it and trying it again. And then it's just repeating the process. And as you do, the child will become more and more confident that actually, this is actually working, you know, <laughs> I can do this. And, um, and then you, you sort of think, well, we're on the way. And so that's the fundamentals. And, uh, and Catherine, do you think uh, this makes sense to the parents of what I've talked it, about? It, it does. A um, couple of things. You would, when things are hard, I was talking about mental energy, and you mentioned the maths. Another skill is to mix up uh, what you are revising so that the really intense stuff, which might be memorising equations, for example, is then perhaps replaced with a change. Is that something else you can do? Because you're trying to yep. manage your mental energy. You mentioned taking the breaks, really important. Um, yeah. But those other little strategies can help as well. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes, totally agree. Another thing is that some children actually find it much easier when they're walking. And when they're walking, they might be reading a textbook or something, and by walking, it, that gives that energy and it liberates that sort of psychological freedom, and they find that incredibly useful. Sometimes some students find it helpful if they have music, and you need to experiment with that. Uh, for some children, the music actually calms the, 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 the cortex, and, and it regulates sort of intrusive thinking, and it enables them to concentrate. So absolutely yeah i'd agree with you, that. you mentioned okay. environment and, and i like the idea that you might be sitting nearby because sometimes the environment if you go into a cold room or a dark room or something or you just feel like you're away from everybody you can tweak some of that stuff as well so that you're not uncomfortable where you are about to endeavor something that's quite hard oh it, i totally agree and does totally it also, agree. is it also valuable to have a place you go as part of the routine um, uh, can that be useful for some kids, that little trigger that once I'm in this part of the house, this is what I'm doing? Absolutely. And if, and, and don't underestimate the importance of beauty and, and, and harmonious colours and tidiness. So if the room is chaotic, well, it, it pays the parents and the child just to invest two hours at Saturday morning, one Saturday, to tidy the whole room up. It pays you to have your desk really beautifully arranged. It pays you to use colours to have flowers, etc. So that when you come to that 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 place of study, that actually your other parts of your brain, which loves aesthetics and colours and harmony, feels great. It feels it feels a welcoming place. And if if that's impossible, well, maybe a better place would be the dining room table, which again is uncluttered and tidy. And as I mentioned, the rest of the household actually needs to rearrange their routines uh, like some of the smaller kids might just be you know shepherded off somewhere else this the household needs to support this this is quite a lot of mental effort and um, and that the whole hum, harmony of the house is very important I recall a friend who had her father move an entire paddock of sheep while studying for a university. So whatever, whatever it takes, uh, they were making some kind of noise that wasn't conducive. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, whatever it takes. Yes, yes, and 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 some families, you know, they absolutely make they make. And also, what I should mention is that some children actually really enjoy uh, getting a friend over where they study together. For some kids, that is all the difference. And so, like some kids are in in, in peer groups which are actually sabotaging the learning. But you want, but many many kids would have friends who are actually in favour of that. And then two uh, two friends together or three friends together and they actually support one another enormously well. So that's another way of doing it. The power of the plan and the power of breaking it down into something manageable, but that wisdom also of starting early, because once you're under the pump of cramming, you can get away with it. Some kids will get away with it, some kids can't. But the earlier no. and the more organised this is, the, the calmer the a process it hopefully it is. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it is. You sound a bit sort of, you know, wistful about that, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I, look, yeah. I, I, I was a lucky student, and that's the other thing. People have different tolerances for and, and, and um, different ways yes. of learning, different tolerances for memorization, different tolerances for um, triggers that will work for them. Uh, and some yes. are lucky and some aren't so lucky. And the point is to have a system that gets them there however they get there, Joseph. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And the parents, the, the leadership of the parents, the kindness and, and love of the parents, and yet the nudging and the accountability and the, the rational speaking with them to, to calm the child down and to say, well, let's, this is, this is manageable and let's do it together as a family to get you there. That's the key. Thank you, Joseph Dreesen.